As the sun comes up and the day is dawning on Memorial Day, Wendy and I will once again open the hall closet at the parsonage, reach back in the corner and take out our American flag, take it outside and proudly hang it from the front corner of the garage where it will whip and flap about in the, in the wind throughout the day. You know, that specific flag has a long history in our house. It was a gift from my dad. Yes, another Memorial Day is upon us, my friends, and many of us have things that we do to observe and truly to remember the significance of this day in our history. And I realize that our generation um, is uh, uh, directly related to our remembering of Memorial Day because we all grew up with different traditions. And indeed, I, Wendy and I, both of us, where we're at in our lives today, We've realized that just remembering Memorial Day in our mind's eye, so to speak, and all of its rich history, well, it's just not enough anymore. Well, today we're taking a short break from the typical readings of Eastertide. Those are the readings that we've looked at over the last couple weeks where those readings have focused on both the resurrection of Jesus and his appearances, as well as the growth and the expansion of the early church. But today... Put a pause on that for a minute because we're taking a look at Psalm 143. I'm going to read to you, I'm going to share with you the first eight verses from the New Century Version. A Psalm of David. Lord, hear my prayer. Listen to my cry for mercy. Answer me because you are loyal and good. Don't judge me, your servant, because no one alive is right before you. My enemies are chasing me. They crush me to the ground. They made me live in darkness like those long dead. I'm afraid my courage is gone. I remember what happened long ago. I consider everything you have done. I think about all that you have made. I lift up my hands to you in prayer. As a dry land needs rain, I thirst for you, O God. Lord, answer me quickly, because I'm getting weak. Don't turn away from me, or I will be like those who are dead. Tell me in the morning about your love, because I trust you. Show me what I should do because my prayers go up to you. O God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be truly acceptable to you, our rock, our strength, our creator, our healer. Amen. Although many of us grew up with Memorial Day being that time of year when state parks and beaches and campgrounds opened for the summer, I grew up in northern Michigan, and that's what we waited for, and that's what we remembered. The state parks are open. It's time to run to the beach. Maybe we remember Memorial Day as that time to get a new mattress, a deal on a new mattress, or a car, or a truck, or maybe all three if we had stimulus money. There are still some of us around these days that might recall that Memorial Day has its roots in what is called Decoration Day. 
Let me take just a minute. I'm going to share with you kind of a factual excerpt from an article that I wrote about Memorial Day and Decoration Day. I wrote this article about 20 years ago. Memorial Day, originally called Decoration Day, is a day of remembrance for those who died in our nation's service. There are many stories as to its actual beginnings with over two dozen cities laying claim to being the birthplace of Memorial Day. Now, Memorial Day, known as Decoration Day, was officially proclaimed on uh, May 5th in uh, 1860, the late 1860s, by General John Logan, and it was first observed observed on May 30th when flowers were were placed on the graves of Union and Confederate soldiers at Arlington National Cemetery. The first state to officially recognize the holiday was New York, and by 1890 it was recognized by all the northern states. Now, the South refused to acknowledge the day, honoring their day on separate days until after World War II. The holiday had actually changed from honoring just those who died fighting in the Civil War to honoring all Americans who died fighting in any war. Today, it's celebrated in almost every state on the last Monday in May, Memorial Day as we know it today. It's not about division. Memorial Day is about caring. It's about coming together to honor those who gave their all. And taking it to another step, I think, Memorial Day, if we make room for the bigger picture, it's almost about allowing our memories, both painful and joy-filled, to build upon who we are today. And that is really what we're talking about. Memorial Day is just a, a snapshot in a greater picture of how God works in our lives to build upon who we are today. So as we celebrate another Memorial Day, and we're going to be celebrating it at the Bryant's house, we remind ourselves once again what the Bible has to say about remembering. And not only that, we remind ourselves that once we remember these events in our lives, what do these memories prompt us to do? What do these memories prompt us to do? David writes, Psalm 143, verses 5 through 6, I remember the days of old. I think about all your deeds. I meditate on the works of your hands. I stretch out my hands to you, my soul thirsts for you like a parched land. Well, the title of the 143rd Psalm simply says, a Psalm of David. And like many of the Psalms that were written by David, it's another cry to God for in a time of crisis. It's another cry to God in a time of affliction because of David's many enemies And those of us who love David's psalm prayers know that this is kind of a common theme for him. One Bible actually refers to this psalm prayer, which is what I call it, simply as hope for the persecuted soul. Now, this prayer is numbered among the seven, uh, uh, what's referred to as the penitential psalms, which are simply songs of confession and humility before God. 
Now, it was a custom in the early church to sing this psalm with with, uh, a few others in worship during Lent. And as you remember, Lent, of course, is that season that prepares us for Easter. Many of you know that I often quote from uh, a scholar by the name of David Guzik. He writes, and actually he is the author of uh, The Enduring Word. And uh, let, let me just share this quote with you here. Guzik writes, There are times when it is good for us to remember the days of old. We can remember the sweet and the good times of our early life with God. And when we do, it blesses us. For David, what made the past worth remembering was the work of the Lord in his life and in the life around him. For David, what made the past worth remembering was the work of God. So David's words here today, especially for me, prompt me. They well up in me a desire to do something concrete, something uh, tangible, something tangible to, to bring back to life what God has already done and to remind me to look for signs of God's work in my life throughout the day as my life continues. Let me give you an example here. A friend of mine, a gentleman I've known for a long time, he likes to tell the story of his neighborhood and how they remembered the military during World War II. Now, this actually happened back up in Indiana, uh, 1940s or so. As the war was progressing, his city block built a monument-type marker out on the corner in his neighborhood. Each soldier's name was put on that monument, If a soldier was wounded, they put a purple heart next to their name. If a soldier was killed in action, they put their date of their death next to their name. All through the war, they kept track of the activity of each serviceman. And they indicated that activity on the neighborhood monument that they had built. They also built a flagpole right next to that monument. And each week, it was a different family's job to raise and lower the American flag. In fact, my friend still remembers, 60, 70 years later, he remembers his mother shouting for him and his brother to get out there and lower the flag if it started to rain. Yes, this Midwest neighborhood knew that just remembering in their thoughts and in their mind's eye, just remembering their loved ones would never be enough. They needed to act upon that memory. So I don't know about you, but let me ask you, besides hanging your American flag outside, what Memorial Day actions might you take this weekend to remember? What memories from this COVID-19 time in our lives will you carry with you into a very uncertain future? Which of these memories have you already learned from? Which of these memories have you grown from? And which memories from our journey today, from the newest chapters of your life, will you look back on someday and will you be able to say, hey, now that you mention it, God was right there when it happened.
It's my privilege today to share with you a touching and a very powerful story about preserving the memories that change our lives forever. And before I go any further, let me share with you and and let me share a big thanks. Uh, A big thank you to the David and Rebecca Brown family from Yuma because they gave me permission to share with you a very personal story on this podcast. And remember that this podcast, quite frankly, uh, according to my analytics, reaches all the way to the sands of the Middle East, to Russia, to Asia, especially South Korea, to Australia, to Canada, and all over the United States and back. Many of you already know that I baptized five-year-old Amelia Brown last week in her kitchen in Yuma, Arizona. Now, Amelia has been very sick for her entire life. And lately, according to hospice, as they watched over her for some time, she has taken another turn toward what many are expecting to be her last days. Now, indeed, as many as you've noted, it's often hard to tell with Amelia because one day she can be very, very ill and really slowed down. And then the next day she'll be hopping about singing and quite talkative and running from room to room and very energetic. But back to the baptism. So we gathered together. We were all wearing our mask. We were keeping our agreed upon social distances. We circled around the kitchen table where I'd placed a large bowl of baptismal waters that awaited for all of our Zoom-invited guests to tune in to this memorable event. Wendy was right there. She had uh, one of our iPads tuned in, and uh, she uh, uh, had Zoom on, and she had uh, activated it, and people were, you know, chiming in little by little, and all the little squares were coming up on the screen as we all got ready. Over in one side of the room, not too far away, David, Dad, he was operating the camera, and Mom, Rebecca, lovingly held Amelia in her arms. I then invited big sisters Ella and Ainsley to place their hands in the living waters of baptism. And as they did, they stood beside Amelia, keeping their gaze on their little sister. Finally, with everyone and everything in place, we were ready. So as together we asked God's mighty, healing, life-changing presence through the wind power of the Holy Spirit to not only fill us and be present with us, we ask God through the power of his Holy Spirit to bless and to wash Amelia. So together we joyfully received Amelia Brown officially Officially, we received her into the family of God by surrounding her with love and showering her little pigtailed head with very wet living waters of God's abundant life. Well, Amelia's always been with us and she's always been a part of Yuma First. But this was that outward official sacrament, this act that Jesus showed us himself that act of remembering that we're all God's beloved. But it was shortly after the ceremony that created the opportunity to remember this event forever, to have it etched in our minds forever, but especially in the minds of the Brown family, because remembering in our mind's eye fondly 
is just not enough. Just having fond thoughts of very, very often falls short of the efficacy, the energy behind the powerful memories that change our lives. And although we will not forget the baptism ceremony in the kitchen, it was after the ceremony when God was still doing his work, just like Psalm 143 says, God was still leading us into a place that would transform the Browns family's memories into concrete, tangible experience once again. So what happened? Well, as we were cleaning up the kitchen area, I took the bowl of water used in the baptism and I very carefully kind of snuck around the corner to the bathroom in the back. I placed the bowl gently on the counter. And as I intentionally pushed the bowl of water away from the edge of the counter so no one would walk by and, you know, possibly knock the bowl off, an inner voice said clearly to me, save the water. Save the water. Now, honestly, that's the way I remember this. What's going on here? I don't know. I just immediately made sure the bowl was safely resting on the counter. I went and I got Rebecca, Amelia's mom, and I took her back to the bathroom and I showed her the water in the bowl. And I said to her, Rebecca, I'm convinced that God told me to save this water because you might want it someday. And it was then that Rebecca told me that the family had already made plans that when the day came for Amelia's final arrangements, that they were going to plant a tree in her memory on the family property back in the Midwest. And Rebecca said to me, this baptismal water, I'm going to save it. And this will be the first water poured on Amelia's tree as part of that planting ceremony. And then we both cried. As I looked at Rebecca telling her about God's inner voice speaking to me again that morning, we both realized that it is God is indeed fully involved and always has been involved in Amelia's five-year-long journey. So today, I want to ask those operative questions to all of us again one more time. What memories from this COVID-19 time in our lives will you carry with you into the future? Which of these memories have you already learned from? Which of these memories have you grown from? And which memories from this journey will you look back on someday and be able to say, not only to yourself, but to those around you, hey, now that you mention it, God was right there when it happened. My prayer for you and for me today is for each of us to receive with open arms our memories. My prayer for us is to look back or in some cases for us to plan for whatever the future holds for us. Think about what's been going on. New things, challenging things, hopes, dreams, and maybe even the difficulties that have followed us around and pulled away and robbed us of peaceful moments. Oh God, on this Memorial Day weekend, may we trust you 
the great healer. May we trust you, the the healer, the comforter, and the physician. May we trust you enough to, to carry us and to carry all of our memories, allowing them to prompt us, to transform us, and all those around us into something beautiful, something tangible, to transform us into something life-changing. Be with us this Memorial Day, O God, and all days. And it's in the name of Christ, our divine memory maker, that we pray. Amen and amen.